Welcome to Divorce Diary Show Podcast. My name is Michelle Trena and I am the creator of Divorce Diaries, a one-woman comedy show following my post-divorce journey, teaching kids with special needs and dating men with special needs. Before I begin with my show, uh, with I'm going to do a set. I'm going to work on a set I'm doing in Richmond, Virginia, for the Richmond show this Thursday. Divorce Diaries will be at the Firehouse Theater. Cannot wait. Um, so I just found out this week that um, I won a contest for my screenplay 180, which is based off of uh, a relationship I had last year. Uh, friend, it was really it wasn't a dating relationship. It was a friendship that was a romance, and then it turned into nothing. And it, it it inspired me to write because it hurt a lot. And I turned my pain into a screenplay, um, which is a short film. But I also would love for it to eventually be some kind of series, maybe. But um, the screenplay is called "Let's Make It." Uh, sorry, the screenwriting contest is called Let's Make It. Uh, Let's Make It Screenwriting Contest. Uh, uh, it's George is the name of the guy who runs it. He, you know, I really am thankful for him seeing the potential in the script. So I am very much on a, on a note where this past week, if not maybe the last couple of months, I've been you know, dealing with the struggle of actors and comedians deal with of trying to make enough in our field or any entrepreneur deals with. And we're also in a recession, so that doesn't help. But, you know, I, I am trying not to make excuses and be negative and push forward. But there's some days where it's just difficult to do that because you get attacked by bills and more things that cost money. And you really try to stay on the path, but it's hard. Like, so it's hard to do that. So anyway, I worked a lot at the beginning of this year. I would say at the school year, so September of 2021, uh, writing the screenplay and in Divorce Diaries. And it was always like fixing it. And I think the version I sent them wasn't even the finalized script that I have now. But I just the fact that I placed as a first place winner in the short film category was amazing. And um we received a prize for it too. So I needed that. I needed that sign. I had been asking for a sign from above. Um, I've been, I, from God, Jesus, my dad, the after the, uh, your spirit team, I would have been asking for a sign that I am going to make more money in my, my business, which is my comedy show, my acting. That's my business, right? And I, I believe that this is a sign. So I'm I'm very thankful for it. And so with that said, I'm gonna um just share with you some some bits I'm doing for the Richmond show, which I hope uh sound good to you guys and you can let me know what you think about it. And if you would love to come to the show, if you can come to the show, it's it's July twenty eighth at the Firehouse Theater in Richmond VA. And it is fifteen dollar tickets online, twenty five in person. All right, here comes the set coming at you. Welcome to Divorce Diary Show Podcast. My name is Michelle Trena, and I am the creator of Divorce Diaries, a one-woman comedy show following my post-divorce journey, teaching kids with special needs and dating men with special needs. Um, 
before I begin with my show, uh, with the, I'm going to do a set. I'm going to work on a set I'm doing in Richmond, Virginia, for the Richmond show this Thursday. Divorce Diaries will be at the Firehouse Theater. Cannot wait. Um, so I just found out this week that um, I won a contest for my screenplay 180 which is based off of uh, a relationship I had last year. Uh, It was really, it wasn't a dating relationship. It was a friendship that was a romance and then it turned into nothing. And it, it, it inspired me to write because it hurt a lot. And I turned my pain into a screenplay Um, which is a short film, but I also would love for it to eventually be some kind of series maybe. But um, the screenplay is called Let's Make It. Uh, Sorry, the screenwriting contest is called Let's Make It. Uh, Let's Make It Screenwriting Contest. Uh, uh, It's George is the name of the guy who runs it. He you know, I really am thankful for him seeing the potential in the script. So I am very much on a, on a note where this past week, if not maybe the last couple of months, I've been, you know, dealing with the struggle of actors and comedians deal with of trying to make enough in our field or any entrepreneur deals with. And we're also in a recession, so that doesn't help. But you know, I, I am trying not to make excuses and be negative and push forward, but there's some days where it's just difficult to do that because you get attacked by bills and more things that cost money and you, you really try to stay on the path, but it's hard. Like, so it's hard to do that. So anyway, I worked a lot at the beginning of this year. I would say at the school year, so September of 2021, uh, writing the screenplay and in Divorce Diaries, and it was always, like, fixing it. And I think the version I sent them wasn't even the finalized script that I have now, but I just the fact that I placed as a first-place winner in the short film category was amazing. And um, we received a prize for it, too. So I needed that. I needed that sign. I had been asking for a sign from above. Um, I've been... I from God, Jesus, my dad, the after the uh, your spirit team, I would have been asking for a sign that I am going to make more money in my my business, which is my comedy show, my acting. That's my business, right? And I, I believe that this is a sign, so I'm I'm very thankful for it. And so, with that said, I'm gonna um, just share with you some some bits I'm doing for the Richmond show which I hope uh, sound good to you guys, and you can let me know what you think about it. And if you would love to come to the show, if you can come to the show, it's it's July 28th at the Firehouse Theater in Richmond, VA. And it is $15 tickets online, 25 in person. All right, here comes the set coming at you. When I got divorced, I moved back home with my parents. Italian North Jersey parents, my 92-year-old grandmother, and my handicapped dog. I'm trying to work a new bit about my dog. He was the most lovable little thing. Half Cocker Spaniel, half Cocker, uh, half Cocker Spaniel, half King Charles Cavalier. Uh, you know when the universe throws you signs to get out of something? Well, my dog threw himself in front of a car. 
So, not to, you know, he just couldn't speak and couldn't, <laughs> every time my ex-husband would come around, he would start whimpering. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't get the hint. I don't get the hint with the universe and science. I take red flags and I decorate for Christmas. My grandmother was uh, not your typical 92-year-old Sicilian Nona. You know, they just want to give you hugs and kisses and make you pasta. She grew up in the Depression, was the youngest of nine. So for her, you could never work enough. And, you know, there was favorites. You know, you're not supposed to have favorites as your children. My grandmother made it very clear that she had favorites and we were not it. Ever, ever, ever feel that you're not it? And and my grandmother would say, like, would purposely make us wait before our other cousins. She'd be like, oh, no, Michelle, you can't sit at the kids' table. You're going to have to sit on the floor. I was like, why? She's like, because, because Mark has to sit at the table. He's a baby. I didn't even understand her. I don't know what I'm saying. All right. No, but my grandmother was obsessed with working. And no matter what age we were, are you working? Are you working? Are you working? She said that all the time. We were in kindergarten. Are you working? <laughs> I got to work on a new bit with my grandmother and working. She just was obsessed about working. Christmas Day. Are you working? Or Christmas Day, I'd be like, Grandma Santa came. And her response would be, are you working? It would be like my college graduation, cum laude. Are you working? Think about it. And then my parents, my were lovely, lovely, loving parents, supportive, uh, passionate. Um, they were married for twenty five. Sorry, twenty five years. They were my parents were were married for forty five years. Love at first sight. My mom is a sweet, loving, neurotic, high strung version of me. And my dad is this version of me as well, but like he grew up with my grandmother, so he, you know he could he never got to pursue his dream. My dad is an old school Italian barber, obsessed with old school movies and music, classic movies, classic music. You know, he's a big Dean Martin fan, big Kirk Douglas fan, big fan of the movie Spartacus. Spartacus was about a Roman slave who was oppressed by the Roman Empire and he led a revolt against the Roman Empire and my dad wanted you know to lead a revolt against my grandmother so any chance that my dad would get he would scream at the top of his lungs any chance that my dad any time I should say that my dad was angry or feeling like the world was against him he would stand up sometimes on something and scream I'm Spartacus you know I think this is a great therapy tool not so much when you are at a restaurant and the waiter has brought you not the right drink or like too much ice you know my dad would not understand that the waiters so, and my dad didn't mean any harm by it, just something. He also would scream this when I would do something really successful. Like if he, if I was living in his 
dream, he would be so proud that he would say, I'm Spartacus, as if he has won the revolt against the Roman Empire and or my grandmother. So, I mean, throughout the night, you might hear other pieces of this story, this show, where my dad would probably scream if he was in the audience, I'm Spartacus, please, by all means, scream it. Giving you permission. Um, but my mom is, like, so nervous. Because my mom was really scared because my family is here in the show tonight. All right, so I'm going to jump a little ahead. Uh, my parents are married. and My mom, I think I talk about my mom a little bit and my dad about their love, which is for 45 years. You know, love at first sight. I... Remember, you know, I do a bit with the audience of how, like, my dad veers off task a little bit when he story tells a story, but it's like, my parents have this love story where it's like they, they, my dad saw her at a diner and was like, this is the one. And for my entire childhood, I heard this story. So I was like, oh, so it's going to be like me. I am going to meet a guy, fall instantly in love just by looking at him. And we're gonna walk in off. We're gonna walk off into the sunset with our college degrees and our commitment to each other, and live happily ever after. I felt from this story like Whitney Houston. Like Whitney Houston's song "I Want to Dance with Somebody." I want to feel the heat with somebody. This was my parents' love story in the '80s. Growing up, like I felt this song come to life through this story and. I honestly have always, like, I feel like we all, all women, when we hear this song, we just get up and I'm like, yeah, man, this is what we want. This is what we want. Like, this, when we, when we hear, I want to dance with somebody, I want to feel the heat with somebody, we, and look, I'm not Whitney Houston, I just like singing it because I feel like it's going to conjure up some really amazing man from the depths of the universe who's going to dance with me, make love to me, be loyal, make me laugh, be at least six foot three, no offense to the short guys, but I need a guy to encapsulate my body. That is what's going to happen when we hear this song. That is what this song does for a woman and some men. So I just felt like this story always made me, you know, and so like this story made me feel like Whitney Houston's song is true. Like we're going to find that somebody. You always hear that song in the grocery store. Did you notice that? You ever notice that every time you're food shopping, all of a sudden, and when a night falls, oh, Cheerios is on sale. The eggs are too... Da, 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 da. right like so every time I meet a guy that I like and I get excited about the future with him I go home I go into the room I close the door I play this song and I choreograph a dance interpretation of what's going to happen would you guys like to see okay You know, there's a part, two of the song where it's like, I've been in love and lost my spences, spinning through the town, because I'm hungover. I do a whole other bit about that, but then I do this choreographed dance. Um, so yeah, like, I thought, I feel like this is kind of where it all went south, like high expectations and then reality. Uh... <laughs> 
so yeah, Whitney's alive in my in my soul still. I'm still looking for that somebody to dance with. Um, and and at forty, um, at forty, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they can. I, I even if they can dance, it's like who else are you dancing with? Is it a wife? Is it a girlfriend? Is it a boyfriend? Like I just like to know. Because nowadays there's so many options for men and women to, it's not really dating. It's like, it's like you're at the library, you know, you can take a bunch of books out and then you can return them whenever you want. And if they're late, like you pay a 10 cent fee. Like it's cheap shit. Um, so, so I am a single mom. I can't keep up with the school moms either. And now it's the summertime, so it's not just the school. So, so now it's the summertime, and you feel like you get a break, but you don't. Because what happens is, and to, with, within a matter of time after school has ended, you have to start shelling out money for something that is related to your kid because no more free child care. School's over, right? So now you got to pay for camp, pool badges, beach badges, Christmas in July. I'm obsessed with this for some reason because I'm really pissed off about it. Why are we celebrating Christmas in July? Jesus Christ did not have two birthdays. Nobody else gets the two birthdays. It was his half birthday. Is that what we're doing here? Tell Santa to get the heck off of the fucking beach. I cannot afford you right now, buddy. You're always in the weeds as a single parent. You know, Christmas time comes, it hits you hard. People return gifts, but people give you gifts too. So you kind of even out. January hits and that's a cold, dark ass month. And of course, January is like national divorce month. They're like, let's put it in the coldest part of the year. So, which is fine. I get it. I get why people are divorcing in January because it's like Christmas is over and everyone's like, thank God, get off me. I don't want to be with you. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but then summer comes around. It's summer supposed to be happy and positive and like beach time. But when you're a single parent and you're working a lot, 